You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweetAudio.com. Hello, everyone, one and all. Thanks again for joining us on SWOTOR Reforged. Welcome to episode one of our news broadcast, The Hollow Net. I am your host, Jedi Master Eve Arwin. Today's record date is Wednesday, August 29th. And I am joined by the one and only Lewis Loremaster Olan. Hey, hello, Ivarwin. Hello, everyone. Glad you're all here tonight. Tuning in. Tuning in, indeed. I'm super excited about this. I'm like really supercharged. I feel like, I feel like we're finally like, we've got a great idea to just kind of bring out, you know, one part of our show that I've always thought was just kind of little, just a little lacking a little bit. And now we've got a whole show dedicated to the news. Exactly. Give it justice to do it justice that it deserves. Absolutely. So, so uh, let's let's get right into it. All right. Um, you heard our major sponsor, Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com. Great earbuds. Okay. Uh, amazing deal. If you uh, go to TweakedAudio.com, all right, you're going to get thirty percent off, free shipping. If you drop in the code off the record, all one word, at TweakedAudio.com. Check them out. Also, the Continue Kickstarter. Our producer, Joe the Widget Wilson, is trying very, very hard to get his ebook Continue brought out to print. All right. Now, you can, uh, you can help him out. You can help him do this by going to questgamingcommunity.com and in the general category, you can find a link to his Kickstarter. All right. And it would be great if you could pledge or donate whatever you can. Also, uh, don't forget, uh, we're going to uh, give a little bit more information on this. We, uh, we announced on Monday's show that we have a screenshot, epic screenshot contest. The prize is a 60-day SWOTOR time card. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at the, the very end of the show. And I'd also like to say we are now available on the Zune Marketplace, Lou. Yes. <laughs> Isn't we're spreading. We are. We're spreading <laughs> oh, ourselves. We're spreading out there. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So let's get into it. Here's your major headlines from August 22nd to August 29th. And operation issues have been addressed. Yes, players have been reporting on a number of issues regarding the instance servers. Lag, random disconnects, and even terminal loading screens. Loading screens that never dissolve into the actual playable game screen. Um, on the SWOTOR forums since early last week. Now, most of these posts have been centered around the North American PVE Eastern Standard Time server and our home, Candorous Ordo. Senior server programmer 
Jennifer Harkness replied to the forums addressing the issue in an explanation. And and uh, this is what, what she has said. And I quote, As many of you have noticed, we have been playing with the population settings for the raid areas, and in particular for explosive conflict. The main change is that we've lowered the overall population for these zones. We've been really happy with the reports of lowered lag that folks have been posting. So it looks that the side of it looks like the side of the change has been a great success. However, we have run into one unexpected effect. Normally, when you zone into a new area, we try to put you in the same instance as your guildmates and friends. Unfortunately, it's doing the same thing when you zone into raid instances, which means that with the lowered population numbers, you can be the last one who fits in the instance, and there won't be room for the rest of your operations group. This is why a few people have been getting the dreaded server admin error <laughs> and end up unable to zone into Denova. Now, Ouch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she provides a workaround that involves the whole ops group leaving the zone, reset the phase, then have an outsider zone into the instance so you can, in quotes, get an emptier instance. Now, if your raid is in progress and the lag spikes and you feel you need to go through these steps, you must either reset the instance and lose your progress or wait a bit for the instance population to drop down. Now, clearly, these aren't real-life situation solutions for us. So the senior programmer added these final words as well, and I quote, We did make a configuration change yesterday afternoon to help with the problem, and we're monitoring the servers very closely to evaluate whether that lowers the error rate enough. We're also working as quickly as we possibly can to get a regular fix ready to deploy. Uh, towards the end of the, the large thread, players from other servers started to explain they themselves were having the same issue as well, and Harbinger server was among them. So, looks like uh, lag spiking across across our instant servers. Yeah, uh, hopefully they get a fix for that soon. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou, why don't you get the next headline, please? Okay, our next headline. Bioware fix to, <laughs> works to fix unyielding helm on the Meruluka. Now, are you having a hard time getting your helm to display on your head? Maybe it's because you're a Miraluka. <laughs> in a forum post that started last week, a player asked why the yielding helm found in Karaga's palace would not display. Well, the answer is, it's your race. No, serious, it's your race. For some reason, Bioware did not specify helms, and they're not displaying properly on the Miraluka race. One player even recanted that its helm did properly display at one point, but now it doesn't. And after a few days, senior community coordinator... Allison Behrman announced, and I quote, Hey, everyone, I've got an update for you about Miraluka and hats. We're working on a change right now that will allow them to wear all helmets, masks, visors, and circlets. The current plan is that they will replace the player's chosen mask and show the default mask where necessary, unquote. And as uh, the 17th of August, nothing yet has been updated to that post. If you, any of our listeners, have noticed that your helms are not displaying properly on any Miraluka characters you have, please let us know. You know, send an email here over to uh, SwordTreeForge at gmail.com. Or if you're on the forums, find the thread and just drop a response. You know, help the player community, help the devs there get a fix on the handle on these things. Any updates would be greatly appreciated. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. All right, and our next headline. The Shady Dealer makes a discreet exit. Yes, early Tuesday morning marked the final night you could access the Shady Dealer, left over from the Shevin Conglomerate. 
Uh, BioWare had planned on letting the in-game vendor, who peddled your hard-earned rewards for the grand acquisitions race, make their exit with the rest of the Shevin last week. However, fans had requested to keep him in, so they had time to spend their commendations. BioWare gave us an additional week. Early Tuesday morning, the shady dealer took his final sales and moved on, marking the absolute end to the in-game event. Kudos to BioWare for that, because I was actually one of those people who asked for that, and definitely took advantage of that that shady dealer. Speaking of taking advantage of, I I feel as if I was taken advantage of because I didn't even know this guy was around (laughs) last week. Oh my god, oh. I had no idea. So now I've got like 100 plus of these commendations just hanging out. I thought I missed it. By the time I figured it out, I was doing research for the show and I was like, oh man. (laughs) I could have bought that cool looking outfit. Oh. Ah, well. (laughs) Well, hopefully they'll allow the next event where they haven't taken the idea of making the accommodations in the previous events be turned into something useful for the next ones. So keep our fingers crossed for that because that is a good idea. I hope they take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm still hoping on it. Hmm. And our next headline, Swotor Login Issues and Resolution. Over the past weekend, Bioware announced that some players have been experiencing issues logging in the game. From what we can tell, the issue shows a random character on a random account, and a player wouldn't be able to log in. Now, a quick read-through of some of the forum threads showed that people were describing their mains as having the issue, yet their alts were able to log in without a problem. As of this early morning on this past Tuesday, Courtney Woods, one of the Bioware devs, confirmed that they believe the issue has been fixed after the servers were shut down to troubleshoot the issue and close the thread. Okay. All right, yeah. Lou, have you had that issue at all? Because I, I didn't have it myself. No, no, I haven't. Thankfully, I haven't because, you know, knowing me, you know, Mr. Altitis himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I looked out, so knock on wood there. All right, very good. And Swotor reposts their LFG tutorial on Twitter. Late last week, Swotor reposted on Twitter their LFG tutorial. The tutorial can be found on the swotor.com blog. However, Lou, didn't you say that this is also a sticky on the forums? Yes, yes it is. It's under the, well, it's actually under a couple of places. It mm-hmm. can be under the general discussion thread. It's also the new player uh, forums as well. And I believe it's also, if you go to the main, very first splash page, the actual site itself, it's actually one of the highlights on the left side of the, of the front page. Great. So they make oh. sure that players can absolutely see it. Now, it's a comprehensive walkthrough of uh, all the features and in-game systems the uh, LFG interface offers. So if, um, if, you're, if you're new to the game or you, you still haven't had a whole lot to, uh, to do with the LFG system, you definitely want to check this out. It's, it's, really, it's a very, very good, very good guide that was, that was put together. All right. Uh, next item, Allison Berryman, the looking for group, not a bug, but we'll change it. <laughs> so you finished that awesome Flashpoint. Finally, after getting queued up in the LFG and zone out, you look around and notice, hey, you're not on the planet you were requesting on. You're on the fleet. Don't go blaming biobugs. Bioware intended it to be that way. However, Allison Berryman has stated this on August 28th in the forums. And I quote, this isn't a bug, but it is something we'll be changing in the near future. Currently, the group finder puts you outside the group content you just ran once you finished. But we will be adding in an option to return to where you were when you entered, unquote. 
And we are looking forward to it, to say the least. Thank you. This is for you, Ms. Berryman. <laughs> Thank you indeed. All right. And this week's face palm moment. Face palm. Oh. <laughs> Bioware announces they are hiring programmers on Twitter. After the string of layoffs at Bioware Austin, we'll politely assume this is for other projects. Yes, we, we hope so. <laughs> indeed. And now it's on to Around the Forums. Lou, take it away. Thank you, Varwin. Okay, our first interesting post. This is a general discussion post by the player named Colapet. And this player asked, do lots of players actually do space missions? Well, on this thread there were a bunch of mixed reactions. And even with an official response from Allison Berryman, uh, which in short, and I'm paraphrasing here, stated yes, that, you know, she did ask one of the programmers who handles space and said yes, uh, at least a sizable amount of players have been doing space missions. So hopefully that gives some indication as to the popularity of it. Um, you know, often compared to the classic Star Fox series of games, you know, some players gave suggestions on this particular thread saying they would like to see a style space comet that harkens back to the old X-Wing, TIE Fighter, uh, types of games from LucasArts, or even uh, the other fully fully roaming 3D games like Freelancer or Descent Free Space as their type of space combat they would like to see uh, put into this game. Another great idea that was floated around that I think is worth mentioning is that people would like to see future flashpoints or even operations linked with the space mission like you see in the movies and in the Clone Wars animated series for an epic feel, you know, an additional layer of challenge. You know, they want to feel connected to, I guess, a group content, guild content, to where, you know, half your guild is fighting the ground fight, but then the other half of your guild, hey, you know what? They're holding off. The reinforcements coming from space. So think of something that epic Star Wars feel we've all seen, you know, in video. That's like, I think yeah. that's the kind of feel they would, they want, they would like to see and sum up. That in the would game. be, that would be pretty amazing. And <laughs> I have to say. All right. And then we have another general discussion thread that was initiated by Raid Braylor, and he's talking about the cross-faction communication. Again, looking at this thread, there were a lot of different reactions amongst the player base, whether it's for role-playing purposes or for the quote-unquote total war feel that it adds to the game. Some great pros and cons here. Some would like to see it since they have friends on both sides of the war. Well, let's take QGN here, for example. You know, Yvonne plays Republic mostly, and I play on the Imperial side. And it really does suck that we're both in game, yet the only way we communicate is either through Mumble, Skype, and we can't literally talk to each other in game <laughs> via, you know, just a regular chat box. Oh, I always brought up the argument they would not rather deal with the trash talk, the immature stupidity, you know, the leaked garbage from dudes from the other faction, <laughs> you know, which happens on both sides. So not one size to blame. Oh, of course, of course. And one way they'd like to see this initiated, if it is brought up, make the limited beat ignore list unlimited. That way, at least, you know, you have a faster way. It's much better for results. Like, you know, you see someone acting like a jerk. Yeah, you don't have to worry about, you know, do I have enough space to to ignore this this guy? You can just go ahead and and do that. Exactly, because I have played some MMOs to where there is a limit cap on your ignore list. 
So you have to be very careful about this. So hopefully this is something they, they make unlimited. All right. A recent general discussion thread was started by a player named I Am The Hoyden, titled... What do the people come up with these names? <laughs> <laughs> titled The Dwindling Dev Tracker. In essence, the concern is raised about the lack of or waning developer responses on the Tor forums. Now, uh, Jovith uh, responds, who is uh, the... Now, what does is, what is Jovith do again? I, I forgot. He's the online community manager, right? Yes. Allison, Amber, all of them, they answer to him. Right. So that's, uh, this comes from uh, Jovith Gonzalez, who's the uh, the online community manager. And he says, and I quote, while we, while we appreciate all kinds of constructive feedback, as Allison pointed out, the forums are only one small measure of communication. Do keep in mind that while some days it seems that there isn't any forum activity from us, we're busy hopping around, taking a look at this Tour subreddit, Twitter, Facebook, and responding to private messages. Consider that our fan base is large and spread across various social media sites, and you can see that we strive to make sure that they are covered no matter where our fans are. We're also working on some community blogs that we'll be posting in the upcoming week or so, in addition to our standard weekly blogs that we're already putting up. Finally, while this team is highly visible, a lot of what we do is internal, responding to developer requests for feedback, moderating the forums, writing patch notes, working with localizations, sending various documents and ideas for approvals, working with marketing, maintaining relationships with fan sites and guilds, attending game development meetings, escalating issues, following up on bugs, and much, much more. In short, measuring the number of gold posts every day is not the best indicator of our overall activity. You're welcome to continue to do so, but know that every day we are working with our developers to respond to your questions here on the forums, which is re- which results in about five to ten developer responses during a light news week. If anything, measure against what we had before we started our increase in communication on August 8th. I guarantee that you will see a difference. Stay tuned for the new blogs, which will be debuting starting tomorrow. As always, thank you for taking an interest in this. Constructive feedback is always welcome, and we'll definitely adjust our strategies when there is need. Now, this was uh, this was posted today, correct? Yes, yes, it was. All right, so it looks like we're going to have some uh, some blogs from from the developers starting uh, starting up tomorrow. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. Sounds very promising. Absolutely. Now, Lou, we have some uh, some very interesting uh, server events that are going on right now. This came from the uh, community roundup for uh, for Swotor, correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. Yeah. Now, this- uh, hold on once. I just want to I just want to let you know that um, we're going to try and we'll, we we're going to give you the official news on this show, but at the same time, we also want to tie in some of this stuff too, some of the community stuff. So we we saw this, and and last minute we just kind of tossed it in here. Um, this show actually does kind of get updated last minute, and as we do it, we we do try and keep a stream of news going on. So if anything just like automatically uh, gets dropped in here, you know, it's it's because it happened at the last second. Um, and this certainly was one of them. So we we saw this, and we said, uh, hey, why not? This is this is awesome. So, uh, so Lou, take it away. Server events. All right, our server events. This is our way, and the game's way. You know, the community's way of getting you to know the community you're on, the server you're on, by participating in player-created events. And the ones we're going to follow 
are some that are coming you know, later on this week or next week or so. And the best place to do to look for them is to check the server forums on the Tor website, okay? And you'll see various guilds and various players posting or advertising events that they'd like to see happen or is going to happen on the server. For example, on the server, Carillion Run, they're planning some open-world PvP fun on Ilum. You know, that's going to be on Sunday, uh, September 2nd, around 8 p.m. Eastern Time, all right? And they're calling and they're promising... Epic battles. Epic battles. From last weekend, and it calls for another round. We will hit Ilum once again for another round of combat. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for Carillion Run, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> September 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern. On Ilum. Be there. <laughs> and on the Red Eclipse server, first 3v3 tournament, Monday, September 3rd at... 8.30 Central Standard Time at the Outlaw's Den on Tatooine. Also on Master Darnala, Master Darnala World PvP Event number 2. World PvP Event at Outlaw's Den on August 25th, 2012. Alright, and on Prophecy of the Five, it's War on Quesh on September 1st. And they're promising this. There will be no remorse. There will be no mercy. On September 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they're encouraging all Imperials and all Republics to show up and support your efforts in a war on Quest. They're welcoming players from level, th- level 33 and above. So be there on Quest September 1st. And on the Ebon Hawk, it's a Tuesday night Datacron expedition and hunt for the Imperial side. Okay, so what they're doing is they are going around, data card hunting, and world boss hunts as well. Now, this is just for the Imperial side, and it's going to be held on Tuesday evenings, 6 p.m. Pacific time, which for us would be 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. So look for it. Look around. You know, I guess go in general chat in the fleet. Hop around and see and join the fun for the Datacron Expedition and Hunt and the World Boss Hunt. Oh, yeah. Sounds cool, man. Oh, it looks fun. That's great. All right. And here's some news from the Expanded Universe. Star Wars fans, perk your ears up on this stuff. Star Wars Celebration 6 makes a splash in Orlando. The Star Wars convention, a massive gathering of hardcore and casual fans alike for the IP, opened the doors of the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. The event lasted until Sunday, August 26th, and had over 250 events for the weekend and featured many celebrities, including Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Ian McDermott, and a surprise appearance by George Lucas himself, who hinted at a live-action Star Wars TV show. Even Seth Green showed up to debut his latest creation of hysterical insanity called Star Wars Detours. <laughs> oh, I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks amazing. It looks so funny. You saw the trailer, right? Yes, I did. I was peeing on my pants. Can I say that on the end of the air? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, if I, can, I just did. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I think Skype corrected you by accident, actually. So. <laughs> All right, um, so what's going on with uh, KOTOR 2, man? What's this all about? Oh, for those who are interested, and I heartily encourage you to look for it, 
Knights of Old Republic 2, The Sith Lord, is finally available on Steam. That's right. Wow. KOTOR 2 is now available for download on Steam. This game's like, what is this, like almost 10 years old at this point? Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's like, it's like eight years old. Yes, yeah, just about, yeah. yeah. It came out maybe a year and a half, uh, yeah, after KOTOR 1 first came out. All right, check it out. It brings, again, the next chapter in the KOTOR series. Okay, again, which leads us into the game we're playing now, Star Wars The Republic. All right, so for those of you who are curious to see what was going on before The Republic released, this is one of those premier sources uh, where Bioware is drawing from. Okay, also, if you're going to download the game from Steam, I also heartily recommend you look for this. This is called the Sith Lord's Restoration Content Mod, which is version 1.8. Okay, now this mod, which took almost four years to make, Wow. It's going to restore a huge chunk of content that Obsidian Games had to drop or cut completely to make the amended release date pushed on them by LucasArts. And no, you heard right. It's Obsidian, not Bioware. The second game was developed by Obsidian Studios, not by Bioware themselves. Okay, That's interesting. Isn't Obsidian part of um, ZeniMax Media, which I owns Bethesda? Think- yeah, I believe they are, yes. Yeah, because they're the ones that made uh, uh, Fallout. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep, they're the ones who created Fallout. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, and for the, for those, again, those who want to, this content mod restores a lot of quest lines and quest chains, certain areas and the various planets within the game, and fixes a ton of bugs that have City never got around to fixing. Right. Now, the mod team promises that even though you, you do see version 1.8 and it's final, they are going to continue with smaller updates, a lot of other bug fixes and patches uh, to come. So keep an eye out for them. Sounds great, man. Sounds really good. All right. Um, Darth Malgus Statue Contest on Sideshow Collectibles. Now, for those of you out there that like to collect these uh these statues all right and, and many of you are out there um and many of you know sideshow collectibles as a result of of collecting these uh these statues you have a chance to actually win your very own Dar- uh, darth malgus statue all right now head on over to sideshowtoy.com all right now from the massive multiplayer online game Star Wars The Old Republic, Sideshow Collectibles proudly introduces the Darth Malgus premium format figure. Presented in approximate one and a quarter scale, the formidable commander of the Imperial Army is outfitted with detailed armor, a custom-tailored fabric cape, signature lightsaber, giving a dynamic and dramatic look at the darker side of the Force. The Darth Malgus premium format figure is crafted with exceptional attention to detail. An outstanding addition to any collection. The Darth Malgus Premium Format figure features a fabric cape, a lightsaber, detailed armor and respirator, and sideshow exclusive alternate head unmasked. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Keep it on, man. (laughs) Contest starts at August August 23rd, 2012 at midnight Pacific Standard Time and ends... September 23rd, 2012, at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you have a month. Winners will be chosen at random from all eligible entries received by the end date and time for this sweepstakes. The winner will be contacted by email as well as posted 
to this contest page by September 24th, 2012. Chosen winner must be a registered user of StarWarsTheOldRepublic.com before the close of this contest. Important prize fulfillment information as well that they want to make you aware of. Darth Malgus premium format figure will not be shipped to the winner of the Star Wars Old Republic Darth Malgus premium format figure giveaway until it arrives in our warehouse, which is estimated to be in March of 2013. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you've got from, uh, was it, uh, August 23rd to September 23rd in order to submit to win. You will be given, um, you will be chosen to win by, um, was it September 24th? Mm-hmm. You'll be contacted by email. And then on March 13th, it'll be shipped. Wow. So almost maybe five, maybe half a year before you actually see your prize. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hopefully you remember you're getting it. Explain <laughs> that to the wife, the girlfriend, or something like that. So where did this come from? I have, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Probably forget all about it by the time you actually get it. <laughs> all right. And that is your news for this week. But Lou, don't we have more? Yes, we do. Indeed we have we do. coming up the Holonet Game Guide. Absolutely. Let me just uh, double check the uh, the Twitter feed over here for Star Wars. Looks like everything is clear. Yes, indeed. All right. Your news has been told. So, okay, so we've got the Game Guide, correct? Yes, we do. All right. Now, <clears throat> let's let's get into the Holonet Game Guide. Um, we, what we're presenting with you this week is is the SWOTOR skill accrue skills all right and we have a newcomer guide for you is basically what this is now we've been we've been getting a lot of questions now you heard on our, on our last show we tried to um explain a, a couple of things to liz because she's getting into the game for you know the first time and we were getting a lot of questions in the chat room and as well we're also getting a lot in in our email concerning these these crew skills so we thought since we're doing the game guide why don't we just throw this information together and, uh, well, you know, Lou did a bit more than just throw the information together. I mean, it's, he really wrote a, a bang up job here. I mean, this is, this is amazing stuff. So, all this information comes from the in game codex and serves as a guide to help you pick out some of those first skills that you, you may want to use over others. Now, this is basic information and a quick introduction and tips to consider. All right. So, also visit the crew skill forums on the official, uh, tour website to get more detailed guides and, and everything else. So we're, we're basically going to whet your appetite a bit. By the time we're done, you're going to have a really good understanding and a really good idea of where you want to take one character's crew skills or or if you make a new character, what kind of crew skills you're, you're really going to want to choose over others. All right, so, so Lou, uh, take it away. Okay, our first tip. All right, for new characters that make the transition from the origin world which would be Tython, Ordmantel, Hutta, and Korriban, to their faction capital, either Coruscant or Jorman Kaz, your first stop is going to be your respective fleet. Now, if you open up your map, right, there's going to be one section of the, of the station that's going to be says, it's specifically there for cruise skills. And, there, and go to that part of the fleet, and this is going to begin your journey into crafting. Now, in this area, there are going to be 14 stations, or 14 NPCs, that you have to visit. Now, here's a big tip. When you first interact with this NPC, a little dialog box is going to pop up that says train or cancel. Do yourself a favor and hit the cancel button first so you do not train in that particular skill yet. 
I, I recommend you gather all the crew skills first. Okay, get all the entries into your codex, and then go back to your codex and double check to make sure you have fourteen out of fourteen slotted there. Okay, yeah, that, and you pick them all up. Those codex entries are really important because you know, let's say you you forget which which gathering skill works better for you know other other skills. You can just open up the codex and it's it's all right there. Yes, it'll give you the suggestions right then and there within the the data that it provides. Okay. Now, the crew skills are, are divided into this. The gathering skills, of which there are four. The crafting skills, there are six of them. And mission skills, and there are four of them. Okay? And to help break them out, the gathering skills are broken out into archaeology, bioanalysis, slicing, and scavenging. The crafting skills are broken out into artifice, which is crystals, the armor mech, the arm stack, biochemistry, cyber tech, and synth weaving. And now the mission skills are divided into diplomacy, investigation, treasure hunting, and underworld trading. Now, one thing you may want to remember is that as you level and you gather your companions as you advance your storyline, please remember that each companion is a specialist in a particular crew skill. For example, the Imperial Agent gets Kaleo. All right? And Kaleo possesses a plus 10 to underworld trading. Or conversely, the Jedi Knight. All right? The Jedi Knight gets T7 as a companion. And T7 has a plus 10 skill to slicing. So when you send out your companions for these missions, try and find the appropriate companion to get the best results in this particular mission. Now, to help you out, you can have a maximum of three crew skills at any time or you can have up to three gathering skills at the same time or three mission skills up okay but in essence you can only ever have uh, one crafting skill plus two of the others okay so one crafting two gathering or two mission or three mission no crafting no gathering or three gathering no crafting no mission right now any class can learn any of the professions. There's no limitations in that regard. If you change your mind and you want to learn a different crew skill, just open up the crew skills window hitting the end button and then press, press the X button on the corner of that skill. Now be careful. If you do this, you're going to unlearn all of the schematics and recipes, including the rare and legendary ones as well. So whatever new crew skill you pick up, all right, it's going to start at zero. Now, the time it takes to complete a crew skill depends on your companion's affection and efficiency. Now, here are two traits your companions will display in the crew skills window. Efficiency. That reduces the time it takes to complete a crew skill task in both crafting and running a crew skill mission. The higher the efficiency, less time it takes. And critical. This improves your chance on returning with a rarer item or crafting an item with an augment slot or producing double the quantity of items. Mods, grenades, etc., stuff like that. All right. The higher the critical rating, the higher the chance occurring. Crafting missions can take between 2 minutes to 24 hours. One companion can queue up to 5 craft crafting sessions max. Right. You can keep adding to the queue once a job is completed, however, but the total cannot exceed five at a time. To queue multiple crafting sessions, all right, you just have to click craft, 
on whatever item you want to you want your companion to create. All right. However, keep in mind now this is important. Your companions can fail at performing a gathering or mission skill. Okay. However, they will never fail at crafting. Meaning, if you sent T7 out on a particular slicing mission to gather some you know, slice materials, he can get back and come up empty-handed. However, if you ask him to create a particular item, piece of armor, a weapon, however, he will never fail that mission. Okay, so there's the big difference. They can fail at gathering or the missions, okay, but they can they will never fail at actual crafting. Now you can cancel any of these crucial missions at any time. Okay, so you're never going to lose any materials. You're never going to lose any of the credits you invest. You get that back. The only thing you will lose, though, is your time. So if you send someone out for a two-hour mission, you cancel an hour and a half because you need a companion back, oh, well, you just wasted 90 minutes of your time. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> All right. Now, I also want to bring up reverse engineering. Okay. In short, it's called RE within the game. All right. This is the process of deconstructing an item in order to gain some of its crafting materials. The big thing also with this is that there's also a chance of gaining a new recipe for that item. Now, the quality of the item determines what materials you receive. So the higher the quality of the item you're trying to reverse engineer, the higher quality materials you're going to salvage and get back from that particular item. Okay. Now, it's also important to note, you can only reverse engineer specific types of items that you can craft yourself. For example, if you're a synth weaver, okay, synth weaving will only allow you to reverse engineer force user armor okay so you can only reverse engineer robes that a jedi or sith can use that's it you can't reverse engineer a lightsaber or you can't create crystals that's it now that's that's in the event if you happen to pick up something correct from from the game yes okay so what lou's talking about right now if if something drops that you're actually able to to craft or it's it's a type of thing that that you're able to craft like like for example a um a color crystal. All right, you're questing around, a color crystal drops, and you happen to be an artifice. And you don't happen to have that particular color crystal. You can reverse engineer it and possibly gain the schematic in order to, to learn how to make those crystals. Yes, that's correct. Now, big thing to worry, though, as with anything, when you reverse engineer an item, it's going to go away in the process. <laughs> yes, it gets destroyed. It gets destroyed, so make sure you have the RE... You have the correct item highlighted in your inventory before you hit the RE button <laughs> in your inventory. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's not coming back. And no, don't waste your time sending a ticket because that's it. <laughs> <laughs> You're never getting it back. And an important aspect of reverse engineering is that it will be the only way to get certain patterns and recipes. All right, Reverse engineering a green item has a small chance to give you a blue schematic for the same item. RE, a blue item, has a small chance to give you a purple schematic for the same item. Now, you may be asking, what's a good choice for my class? Well, here's some suggestions. On the Republic side, if you're a Jedi Knight or a Consular, Artifice, Synth Weaving, Biochem, Cybertech, good, great, great way to go. Smugglers and Troopers, okay? Armor Tech, Arms Tech, Biochem, and Cybertech as well. Great, great ways to go if you're a smuggler or a trooper. On the flip side, for the Empire, if you're a Sith warrior or an Inquisitor, again, Artifice, Synth Weaving, Biochem, 
Cybertech. And for bounty hunters and Imperial agents, Armortech, Armstech, Biochem, and Cybertech. Great way to go as well. Alright, crew skill missions have a difficulty level as well. Alright, the range are as follows. The skill up chance. How many, which is basically how many points that skill can be raised on a successful return is also shown. So, orange, you get two points. Yellow, you get one point. Sometimes two. Green, one point. Gray, zero. The items that you craft will have their own level as well. So, green items are premium level. Blue are prototype level. Purple, artifact level. Orange items stand alone as they're moddable. Okay, so the any orange item you get, you can stick mods in them. Uh, gear, weapon, shells that will, you know, basically have three item augmentation slots is really what we're talking about for uh, for use by the crafter or the buyer. Uh, critical, excuse me, a critical success on crafting an item may also yield an additional augment slot. Yes, a fourth empty slot that that uh, the item can have for even more customization. Uh, if you feel the choices are too limited for you, remember, you can have up to eight characters per server. That's a lot of players, including the lore master. <laughs> Lots of players, including the lore master himself, have spread out the crew skills amongst all the characters to maximize this particular part of the game. Now, if you're worried about faction, it doesn't matter. You can have your Republic and Imperial characters send materials and items, etc., through in-game mail system, as long as they're all on the same server, though. Yes, it's very important because, you know, if you feel too limited by, you know, you don't want your Sith Warrior to not only do that, don't worry if you create an alt, no one says you have to play with it. A lot of players have also taken the route of just creating alts just to be crafting alts. Yeah, yeah, it's, so. a, big, it's a big thing. Now, we got one more point, okay? Uh, if you feel crafting is not your style, you can make it profitable by taking the gathering and the mission skills. Now, this is something I've done, all right? This way, you can obtain materials, schematics, etc., and put them up for uh, for sale on the Galactic Trade Network, the GTN. Like Jedi Mastery Varwin, the price gouger is doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you have sabotaged me so. <laughs> oh, how he has leashed upon the galactic economy on Candor's Ordo. <laughs> You'll read anything on that teleprompter. Go yourself, San Diego. <laughs> All right, and that's that's our show, guys. That's our that is our hollow net. Hopefully, uh, you found it. Hopefully, you found it interesting and uh, and informing. Okay, um, comes by quick. Not a whole lot of uh, explanation and whatnot going on, but we we uh, we do it by design. Okay, this show is I don't want to say bare bones, but what it is, it's extremely straightforward and factual. We want to give you the news from the last week. If you want, give us some uh, some feedback. In our email, swotorreforged at gmail.com, tell us, hey, what did you think about, about that one headline where, you know, so-and-so, you know, if you want extra information regarding this stuff, you know, we're, we, we're going we're gonna to pick from this stuff um, on Monday's show on, on Swotor Reforged and just kind of like, you know, give some extra feedback and information. But if there's something that you want to hear from us, let us know. Send us an email. We're more than happy to, you know, check it out. Indeed. All right, uh, QGN news. Lou, would you would you mind going through the uh, the old QGN news? Sure, QGN news. Our other shows, Minecraft off the record, record Sunday nights at seven p.m. 
Planet Side Off the Record records Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Now, this is going to be bi-weekly until the game launches and goes live. Elder Scrolls Off the Record records Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Diablo Off the Record records Friday nights at 6 p.m. Yes, it has to be different. <laughs> and Swotor Reforged records Monday nights at 7 p.m. as well. All right. The QGen Community Cast. You know, they released their second attempt at episode three last week. Mm-hmm. Now we've made corrections on the audio issue, and now it's actually listenable. <laughs> and, and, and a phenomenal, phenomenal job by Fred, by the way. Yes, indeed. Fred did a great job on that. Now, episode four is going to be recorded this coming weekend, at which point we're going to resume the weekly, bi-weekly recording schedule. Okay, and we're also looking for more guest hosts, guys. If you're interested in guesting on the QGN Community Cast, please send an email to qgncommunity at gmail.com and tell us your name, specify your, if you're a legal adult or if you can provide parental consent, and the names of any QGN hosts you'd like to chat with. Uh, parental consent is provided by a legal guardian speaking with the producer of our network and securing his okay. And I will try to arrange for you to be on a show with someone that, that you've listed. So, you know, if someone out there wants to, I don't know, chat with Lou or something, you know, just, just please put that down and uh, we'll, we'll try and arrange that for you. Don't forget the email is qgncommunity at gmail.com. All previous times stated before were Eastern Standard Time. Lou, do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts? We have a lot to go over this episode. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, we did. I would love to hear more feedback from our viewers about Mm -hmm. this, especially with the news from the forums and news announcements as well. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, if you're not posting on the forums, at least, you know, we want to get your insights as to what's going on, what you feel. What's your pulse? What's your take on the pulse of the community on the game itself? Okay, and you know, let us know too if you found the game guide helpful. And if you want, you know, if you have any additional tips or tricks you'd like to share, by yeah. all means, please send us an email. Let us know or any uh, ideas for what you'd like to hear in the game guide as well. Yes, that'd be amazing. Um, first of all, I just want to say I'm totally stoked about being on Zoom. On the Zoom yes. Marketplace. That's that's one more place that people have been asking. Like, I know you're on iTunes, but where else can I get your feed? And and Zoom has been one that's come at us quite a bit. And, you know, we weren't available until now. Um, it's notoriously difficult to get yourself on the Marketplace. But we are there. So if you if you have a Zoom, you know, that's that's definitely one way to go. Um, which I think also it's it's uh, really easy to use the Zoom Marketplace on a Windows phone, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's like their go-to marketplace, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, additionally, the uh, the the operation server lag, the instant server lag we spoke of, our first major headline. Okay, I'm, you know, quite concerned about this. To be to be 100 percent honest, um, you know, I, the I know I know uh, the the server programmer uh, Jennifer Harkness. She she gave like the best thing that she possibly could under the under the the circumstances. But I, I really hope what she said is is true that they are on it that they are working on it and uh, they're trying to come up with a regular with a regular fix as soon as possible because I mean as as a raider nothing's more frustrating than trying to get a boss down that you can't but it's worse if you can't even get to the boss because of tech issues right 
Doesn't oh. kill the raid night by not being able to raid at all, not because of the players, but because of the game itself. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Now, please take the radio surveys found on all of our brand new websites. Only takes about five minutes. It's extremely important to our shows. And please rate our show on uh, on iTunes. Uh, we would love a five star review. We're we're there. Swotor Reforge. You can uh, you can search for us. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you. And in oh. keeping with oh no, go ahead, Lou. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to mm-hmm. cut you off. Hey, if you do leave a five star review, please, please leave your name. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Please, that would be that would be great if you left your name. Um, and in keeping with with uh, with how you can reach us. We have websites, swotorreforged.com, S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D.com, our portal site, questgamingnetwork.com, and our forums, questgamingcommunity.com. You can email us at swotorreforged at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at swotorreforged, at S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D. I am Eve Arwin. You can reach me at Eve Arwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. And Fred is at Sith Lord Corv. (laughs) (laughs) Sith Lord Corv, K-O-R-V. We have a Facebook uh, presence as well. You can, uh, you can click on the Facebook button on our website, SwotorReforge.com, to like us and automatically follow all of our updates. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Lou. Good night, everyone. Thank you all for all being here. Hope to you again next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember... The Force will be with you, always.